0: Episode number 435 of the This Week in Marvel
1: podcast. The This Week in Marvel podcast is a place where we talk about everything that's happening at Marvel every single week, from movies to TV to video games to comic books! And conventions like... C2E2! Yeah!
0: So look, if you guys uh, who are in the room with us, if you enjoy what you are hearing today, you can hear it wherever you hear your podcasts and your face holes. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, uh, if you're listening to this episode as a podcast, say hello, C2E2. (laughs) You guys are great.
1: That's so nice. Uh, Why don't we introduce ourselves? Okay. I'm
0: going to press the button. Yay! I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. I do a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm Lorraine Cink, host, breaker of worlds, human woman, friend to all. Yeah.
0: And uh, we also have another co-host. His name is James Monroe Iglehart. He can't be with us today because... He is a Broadway actor currently on Hamilton. Uh, he has a Tony Award. Um, yeah, he's pretty amazing, uh, but he's very, very busy. He joins us every once in a while. Uh, I think we're gonna be having an episode with him real soon.
1: Yeah, uh, we also have, if you listen to the podcast regularly, our amazing, perturbed producer, Persia, is right over there. Say hi to her, she loves attention. Stand up with that striped shirt! Yeah, She's not yeah, standing yeah. up! Persia! <laughs> uh, also, shout out to Zachary Goldberg, who's back at home, who will be editing this. We could not do this without them. Uh,
0: but we have amazing guests on the show.
1: Yeah, let's introduce our special friends here. We have right here to my left, Jenny Frizen. Yay! Uh, we're going to put you on the, on the hot seat first. Um, we're curious, which Marvel artist has inspired you the most and your style?
2: Oh. Uh-oh. I split 50/50 between these two.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Actually, great
2: diplomatic yeah. answer. Scotty was the very first person when I sorry, when I moved to Chicago that I reached out to and so quite frankly it is Scotty because uh-huh. he uh, introduced me to a drink and draw group which one of the participants of was the very first cover assignment I got. Yep. Look at
0: that. Aww, that's really sweet. Yeah. Like
2: 11 uh, years ago.
3: It was so, I cannot it was believe so it's long 11 ago. years ago. <laughs>
0: Uh, in betwixt the two of them is Mr. Ryan Stegman! Hello. Ryan, how you doing?
4: Good. Uh, noticing that my hairline has changed quite a bit since that photo. I
0: have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. You are wonderful. Uh, what Marvel artist has inspired you the most?
4: Um, probably Todd McFarlane. I mean, I'll be honest. I can't get rid of him in my head, so.
3: We That's thought you were going to lie. I'm glad you told us you're going to be honest. <laughs>
0: Uh, did everybody see that piece that uh, Todd posted of Spider-Man and Spawn? I did, The yes. first time the two of them, whew, that was good.
1: Yeah, baby! baby. And you guys, this is favorite. Scotty Young! Scotty, I know you don't know what question I'm going to ask you. I don't. But what Marvel artist has inspired you? Oh, Chris Bocello is probably
3: my favorite. Um, and Umberto Ramos was another one as well, uh, which is crazy because now I'm writing a book for him, which is, so it's nuts. So yeah. I get to work with one of my heroes. Childhood
0: dreams. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. There was a, a, a Marvel creative retreat once when I, you were talking about Chris's work during um, Generation X. Yes. And you, you said that this always stuck with me, he was dunking on everyone. And yeah. And it's true, like the way he was just heads and shoulders just doing work that nobody else was touching yep. was amazing.
3: Exactly.
1: Um, but we have something else to share with you guys.
0: Yes! We have a section on the show called...
1: Things we're hyped about! Comma, including news! Colon!
0: Yeah! Uh, and so this one is fun, uh, because we have stuff that we're very excited about, especially some breaking news this week!
1: Oh, and also... In this uh, Things We're Hyped About, today on the panel, we're gonna be sharing a code with you guys, if you're a Marvel insider, you get 10,000 points. We're gonna share it at the end, so you gotta stick around till the end, uh, so be ready for that later on. Make sure you write it down. Yes,
0: uh, but yes, we have news. Uh, we are happy to announce a brand new Silk series. wait, 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 wait. Lorraine, you are kind of like... Uh,
1: my, shirt, my shirt is made of silk.
0: Yes. Uh, oh man here we go uh yes so we have a brand new silk comic book coming in july this year you guys can see that is written by maureen Gu, who she's a novelist this is our yep. first work for marvel it's very exciting art by takeshi miyazawa um, and we're so lucky because we actually have pages and stuff to show you and takeshi's work is going to be so good and this cover here is by stonehouse
1: let's take a look at that awesome work um, as you can see, we have some awesome interiors already. This book doesn't come till July, um, and you guys are getting the very first look at this book that exists. We can see Silk is kicking butt in the subways, uh, taking it to the streets like Michael McDonald.
0: You're the best.
1: Um, <laughs> um, Ryan, but who's yes. this uh, character that we see here to the left?
0: Uh, So that is Kasha the cat demon who is a Marvel character an an existing character a relatively obscure character um, But really cool reimagined for this series Gnarly as hell those arms are freaking me out. We've been looking at this art for a couple days, and it's beautiful Um, Yeah, it's it's gonna be awesome.
1: And there's gonna be some really cool stuff for silk She's gonna be taking a new job for this guy named J. Jonah Jameson who screams a lot um
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you've been reading Amazing Spider-Man, you know that Jonah is, um, he's doing something called podcasting. What is it called? Podcasting. Mm. And uh, so he's embarking on this new uh, journey, and he's got a a big empire that he's building. And so, um, yeah. She's gonna be a part of it.
1: Heck yeah! It's
0: very cool. Um, so we have a lot of stuff that we're excited about. Now you may have seen uh, the teases in Marvel Comics for something called Marvel Made. Now we want to tell you that we are we're still we're, we're like adding and doing really cool stuff to it. So we're not ready to share all the details yet. But considering this is the first Marvel panel of the convention, we wanted to put that out there. I know we we like get asked about it all the time. So Marvel Made is coming. News soon. But we, we just wanted to. Set that up right here.
1: Yeah, but hey, we have great guests here. We do, right? yeah so we do. So maybe we should talk about some cool stuff they're
0: doing. Okay, great. Oh, cool. uh, first up, Jenny, you're working on a variant cover for Spider Woman number two. Wow. It's uh, true. I hope that picked up on the podcast audio because we had an audible squeal from a, an amazing woman in the front row. That was the perfect reaction. It's like the
2: nicest compliment I've ever gotten. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. Yeah,
0: give it up. Uh, Jenny's going to be doing a really cool cover. Um, Thank
1: you. And that's going to be on sale April 15th of this year. Um, Is there anything else that you're working on or you're excited about Um, coming up?
2: Right now, uh, like literally when I get home from the convention on Sunday, I will be working on the Spider-Woman cover, and then I will also be doing a Captain Marvel cover.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Nice. We didn't know that one.
2: Hot. So that's happening very soon. And then I just got some new C2E2 exclusive Wonder Woman screen prints that I will have available at my table. What's Um, your table number? G2. There you go. There you Um, go. Yeah. And I also have my newest art book, Judge Books by their covers, Volume 11, which is how I know I've known Scotty for 11 years.
0: (laughs) All right, let's see, what, uh, what you up to, Ryan? We've got here a cover to Venom number 25. Yeah,
4: um, that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. Everything else is too secret to talk about, so.
0: Ooh. <laughs> and they're not
4: announcing it here at this show, unfortunately. Oh. Uh,
0: <laughs> big secrets, big plans. Uh, but what do you love about Venom, about working on this book?
4: I just like the way that he looks. I mean, he's one of the coolest designs in comics, so.
0: Yeah, and this design in particular has, it's got wings, it's got a really gross looking sword. Yeah. That's
4: kind of the culmination of what we've done so far in the book. He has a sword and wings now, so read it.
0: (laughs) I'm sure many in this room have and many listening. Uh, Scotty, you've got some cool stuff.
1: Yes. um, What can you tell us about Strange Academy? It launches finally next week. So excited. We've read it and it's really wonderful. Oh, thank you. what are you most excited for people to see? Um,
3: Umberto's amazing artwork. It, I really, really do believe he is doing the work of his career in this book. It's every, he, he emails a page every single day. So when I wake up and get to the studio, I open it up and I'm just like, I don't know how he's doing this. It's its amazing from cover to cover. Um, I'm just really excited for everybody to meet these kids. Um, the whole cast is new. Um, we've created about 10 main character kids, which is I don't know why I did that to myself, and, and, and Umberto definitely doesn't know why I've done it to him. Um, but it's just a really cool group of kids, and we're telling a, you know, a bunch of coming-of-age stories about kids trying to learn how to use uh, all the various v- ways of magic in the Marvel Universe, and the mystic arts, and the dark arts, and all that kind of stuff from all the realms of Marvel, from Asgard to Weird World to Otherworld, uh, there's just there's a really cool lineup. We've got Emily Bright, who's uh, the main character uh, You know, that's kind of the the lens character that we want everybody to see through but uh, Doyle Dermamu is becoming quickly my favorite character to write uh, Who's clearly the son of maybe of Dermamu. you know, the, the big maybe. magic bad Maybe maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe he might be you know magic works in weird
4: ways. <laughs>
0: the book is set in new orleans yep. and so my wife is from baton rouge and she went to school in new orleans there's a, a single panel of two characters walking down the street and i lo- i was reading it and i showed it to her i was like this is a, a street we walked down in new orleans She's like oh yeah that looks and it's such a subtle detail right but the the work that you guys have put into the book to make it feel authentic in the world of right. magic but also a, a a real place right is incredible
3: thank you so much that was actually when we when when we just when i Talked about it and decided to set it in New Orleans. The first thing I said was, "We should really go." Um, Did you go with him? Yeah, we set up a trip. We, we, no, no. we, me, the health hands. Uh, me, uh, Umberto, uh, Nick Lowe, Danny, and Kathleen, the editor, our three editors on the book, and then my wife Casey came and photographed it all. So we went for about four days to New Orleans and took swamp tours and walked through, you know, uh, voodoo museums and eight different places and walked through courtyards and you know, went to late night blues shows and really just kind of immersed ourselves in New Orleans for days and Casey photographed it all and then when we, when we got back she went through and so Umberto has an amazing real reference section of, of us being there and you can tell it when he's turning in those pages you can, you can feel where we were I can't express enough how important it is to sometimes, A, go with your creative team and experience something like that together, but go to the place that you're going to be drawing a lot, because there's something about the smells and the texture and all that stuff that, that you'll remember when you're looking at the reference. And yeah, it was really cool. I'm glad it's coming across to 100%. somebody else besides us. Yeah. Uh,
0: so that's a good lesson to any aspiring Marvel creators set your books outside of New York City in a place that is really fun that you want to go to and you can set up a trip with you, Marvel Publishing. They will take you there. Did you it
2: in New Orleans trip. just because you wanted to go on a trip there? What? <laughs> uh,
1: what? What are
3: you doing, Jenny? Let's talk about, let's talk about her cover some more.
1: <laughs> um, well, I think it's time to do something very special. Big. It's time for our Big Talk. Uh,
0: big Talk is a section of the show where we pick a topic and we we do a talk about it.
1: And since we have some incredible Marvel artists here with us, we want to talk about the process of making art for comics, uh, your guys' careers, and all of that delightful stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, the first question we always ask guests on the show is, what is your Marvel origin story? Not necessarily how you got started at the company, but what, like, how did you first get uh, connected to Marvel characters or stories? We've heard underoos. Uh, like, people had roos before they knew the characters. <laughs> they watched cartoons. They saw the movies. Uh, what was it for each of you, Jenny? Why don't you start us 100% off? Hundred
2: percent, the X Men cartoon. Yeah. Oh really? The nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, I was a child then. <laughs> not the newer versions. I was not a child then. <laughs>
4: Um, I got really into Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man, the, the self-titled Spider-Man comic, when I lived in uh, Pennsylvania for three years. So I had a friend who was really into comics, and he just had a ton of them, and that was what I gravitated t- towards. And I got obsessed with it, and started creating my own characters and all that.
3: Um, mine was uh, back back when I was when when I was young. Uh, the Christmas catalog had uh, you could order basically like a. Like a grab, like a mystery box of Marvel. Like Marvel would get rid of stacks of comics by selling them in just grab bag style boxes, through you know J.C. catalog and stuff like that. Um, and so one Christmas when I was young, I got a box of that. I always read Mad magazine and Archie, but that's what comic books were. And then I got this box, and it had such a weird mixture. I had like gi joe comics marvel marvel did alf back in the day there was a and it was a bill sinkevich cover oh
4: my god
3: yeah was crazy right so they did alf comics uh there was some gi joe stuff in there and there was a daredevil issue i think i've talked about this at at the retreats before but there was a daredevil issue i and i somebody in here might know but it was uh, like typhoid mary like Pushed him off a bridge and killed him. Oh, know? that's
0: yeah. the Anasenti uh, Romita Jr. Yes, storyline. Like yeah. the cover
3: is yeah. like him laying, like he had just fall, fallen off the bridge. Yeah. So that was one of my first Marvel comics, and that's what I was so confused because I was like, I don't. What's happening? What, what happened before this? What's happening after this? And then so, but that's what was my first exposure to Marvel. There's a bunch of weird Marvel books, uh, in a in a in a grab bag. That's
1: so cool. That's, yeah. that's the best. Um, So I think a lot of kids draw, but when did you really start drawing with veracity, with intention?
2: Um, So I did draw all the time as a kid. When I got a little older, I kind of stopped. I think, like, I took a lot of art classes when I was a kid through, like, the park district and stuff like that. Um, And then I remember my freshman year in high school, I took art, and that was, like, the last time I really drew until I got to college. And... I'm not really sure. I didn't know what I wanted to major in. I took a lot of classes that were supposed to be like helping you find what direction to major in. And I kind of just took an art class for fun and was like, this is the only thing I'm actually enjoying. And I was still somehow kind of good at it. I went to community college, so compared to some of my other students who were also taking it for fun, and no one was like. Going for art, I was like, oh, I might actually be good at this. And then when I moved to a uh, university, I majored in it and I loved it. And then after college, I actually went to the Kubert School because I wanted so badly. I was like, I want to draw, but I really want to work in comics, and I don't know if I can do art in comics, but I just want to figure out what job I can do in comics. And I went to the Kubert School, and I and you love debt and I, I loved it, I uh, they didn't really, they focused very specifically on sequential art and I found I did not care for that. I really liked the cover idea and just drawing like one image than I thought told a whole story. But yeah, so I went to all the schools <laughs> to get a, a degree that, uh, a job doesn't really require a degree. I'm
3: gonna, when I would say, you know, she brought up when we first met, when she moved to Chicago, when she just said that about going to school, and that she was like, I don't want to do sequentials, I just want to do covers. That's exactly what she told me the day that we met up, and then we were talking about the scene 11 in years Chicago. Ago. She, she's,
2: exactly today, <laughs> Maybe, I this don't know. minute, <laughs> this very second. Wait, um, now.
3: she said that's a. She's like, well, my question always is, well, what do you want to do? She's like, well, covers. And I'm not really into sequentials as much. I want to do covers. And I was like, that's awesome. I don't know how... Because at the time, I didn't even do that many covers. So I was like, I don't know how that's a thing to to go straight to that. And I... I I had so many
2: people tell me. That's so nice. You're not going to get to. Right. And And the last time we hung out when
3: she she came to Kansas City, I was like, one of the most badass things that you've done is actually did that instantly like you i she think said, there was
2: there was a combination of reasons that i was successful not all of which were of my own making uh some of them were just the timing um not your own
3: making yeah. you know well I, yeah. I mean
2: i just happened to be yeah. trying at the time when people right. were open more open to the idea sure. of uh, when you're really good <laughs> covers were just the artist on the interiors or an artist that was so famous then people would pick it up just because of them right. and i was an unknown so i was neither of those things uh, and I just got lucky then I sort of tried to break in at the time where people were open to the idea of like a painterly cover that right. no one has heard of this artist, but is just sort of pretty on a shelf and maybe someone will pick it up because of that. No. I did it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! That was not the point of this question, but I did it.
0: <laughs> Ryan, how did you get started?
4: Um, for me, I always drew also like I never stopped. The only time I really stopped a little bit was in college while I was getting an English degree. Um, But, you know, it was something that I could do to get my sister's attention because she was older and she liked to draw. So we would kind of, you know, spread out paper on the floor every morning and we would just draw all the time. And then when I was little, I wanted to be an animator. And uh, I was obsessed with cartoons, Disney animation and everything. And then I saw a documentary about it and they were all in like cubicles. And I was like, well, that (laughs) looks like a real job. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Uh, And then later I discovered, like I said, I got... Uh, Spider-Man and I got obsessed with that and I was like this is exactly what I want to do where I'm in control of all of it And I want to tell stories, you know opposite of you. Actually. I, I love doing uh, interiors. Yeah, I Also drew all the time. I
3: we didn't have a lot of just paper laying around the house so I would always color on both in inside uh, covers of the coloring books. You know, we had back in the day there was every I think every household had four hundred coloring books for kids. That's I think that's the only thing they thought kids do. Is, oh you're alive. Color. Color in this book.
1: Um, so I would always
3: not color, I would just use the blank sides of the the covers and draw on those and I'd draw my toys. I'd there set was my tra- no
2: blank paper in your whole house? <laughs> not. I
3: mean it just wasn't around because you know they I don't know why. I mean, just, I'm old. <laughs>
2: It was, it, he hadn't made blank paper yet. Yeah. He's that old. Well, they
3: didn't have printers, and you know, they didn't have a reason just to have blank paper sitting around the house. I don't know why you're, we're talking about my paper sorry. supply <laughs> problems. I'm
2: sorry.
3: Yeah. i Apologize. <laughs> um, but I would I would draw my transformers, um, you know, my mask toys. You know, I, I would just sit there and draw that kind of stuff. But it probably was in um, late elementary school, early, early mid to late elementary school when The Simpsons came on. And became big um, and the first time i saw a shirt where they turned bart simpson into something else you know like a knockoff and then i was like oh my gosh and then i filled up sketchbooks of bart mixed with like mike tyson so it'd be like a mike Tyson because mike tyson was massive then or it'd be like you know the michael jordan pose but with bart uh, RoboCop Bart, Cop, or you know, what I mean, like, so I would just fill up pages. There was, there's, I mean, Buster Douglas. Nobody even remembers Massive Buster.
0: Massive IP D- I opinion. know, just yeah. left
3: and right. I mean, it's kind of like a convention. I, I, was the, I was, the first one. I was the early adopter to mash up drawings. Um, but it was at that point that I realized, like, people really were digging it. Like, they were like, oh, do you know, Roger Rabbit and Bart. I'm like,
4: okay. And so
3: that, that's when I was like, oh, I think I've, like, I was kind of driven. And then it moved into like junior high. I was, I was super into music too, so I'd always draw lock, locker posters. So then I'd connect. And then I did have Blank Paper Jenny. Um, and then I'd tape it together and I would draw like Humpty Hump from Digital Underground and I had my own Humpty uh, locker poster.
0: What a throwback.
3: Yep. So yeah, then, you know, and then from there it just kept going until I... Walked backwards into this job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you, because Jenny, you talked about how you kind of figured out you wanted to do the covers. Ryan, you talked about the interiors. Was it at that point you were in high school? You're like, I want to do comics. Uh,
3: yeah, I wanted to do every I, when Image came out. So I wasn't really reading comics on the regular at all. But I so I started right around the time Image started. Death of Superman was happening. So there's a lot of things going. I don't going, know that one. I, uh, never I haven't heard of it. That. But but it was around that time that the, the, the thing we don't know about. But that was a big deal, all those things. So we, we, there was a lot of entries right there at that age for me. So all those image books. And so for me, I thought that you just, I didn't think that you tried to get a job drawing Spider-Man because somebody had that job. So I didn't grow up thinking, oh, when I get older, I want to draw Spider-Man. I just thought I'm going to grow up and make up my own comics, write and draw them. And I didn't know that there was our team. I didn't look at yeah. the credit. I just thought like, <laughs> here's the thing. I want to do it. You know, and. Again, this is going back to paper, but I genuinely didn't understand how they were made. I was like, do they draw these on lined notebook paper and get rid of the paint over the lines or something? Like, I didn't know anything. There
2: was no blank paper.
3: No, blank paper. Like, blank paper's ridiculous, Jenny. I think you're lying that it exists now. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to do comics whole, you know, all. I just wanted to go and write and draw comics together.
0: And luckily for all of us, you guys started working and started working at Marvel. We actually grabbed uh, some of your Ooh, first pieces. Oh my god! Ooh, these
1: are your baby pictures. Ooh. Yeah.
0: God.
1: From oh, no. your first works with Marvel. Oof.
0: What I was when we we were putting this presentation together, I was looking at some of the panels there, and I was like, "Oh, I can see your influences yeah. very clearly." Like oh. Chris's work is like, oh, oh were, yeah. I put like building a foundation off of yeah. the the creators you love yeah worked really well well
3: right? i'm gonna tell you guys right now th- and this has been a story i've told a lot but this like this page and this comic from that this page is from uh first comic book i'd ever drawn <laughs> like, i had drawn a few pages in my life before but by a few pages i mean like under 10 um and they were not consecutive um uh, so yeah there was it was all me going, like, how can I draw exactly like that person without people thinking I draw exactly like that
0: person? <laughs> uh, and again, that is uh, from Iceman number three, written by Dan Abnett. Uh, and uh, Carl Kerschel worked on it as well. Uh, and Jenny, we have uh, cover for Spitfire number one. So you mentioned 11 years ago or so when you met Scotty, this was, what, within the, the next year?
2: Let's see, I um, measure time based on apartments I've lived in. <laughs> <laughs> so this was probably t- two or three years into, so whatever is two or three years minus eleven, nice. not the absolute way.
0: Uh, but this is, yeah, Spitfire number one, uh, which is a book written by Paul Cornell and um, art by Elena Casagrande.
1: And how did you come to uh, take this cover? I
2: can't remember how the assignment came to me. Um, I do remember, though, that I had to do so many sketches to get an approved sketch. It was absurd. And the concept was just her running really fast. And I was like, there's only so many ways you can draw that. And this, this is my favorite part of the whole story. This is literally the first sketch I turned in, but I just zoomed in. Like, I'd given up at that point. And I was like, I don't know what they want. And so I just cropped in and was like, what about this? And she's like, perfect. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Editorial
4: process. Yeah, sometimes
2: that's how it works. But it, I mean, like, quite frankly, it was an entirely different feel when it was a full figure, so she's not wrong, but interesting fact, yeah, it was really hard.
0: <laughs> Ryan, you like let out an audible yeah. groan at this. I was uh, very young when
4: this happened. Very this young. Happened. This
0: wasn't your first overall comic work, but the first piece you did for Marvel. Right. Um, how, did, how did you get working on Magician Apprentice? Uh, for us?
4: Well, so I had done a book called Midnight Kiss, and then um, I needed a job. So I found this job for the Dable Brothers um, doing Magician Apprentice. And I started it, and about halfway through the first issue, they were like, hey, we just got bought, bought by Marvel. So suddenly I was working for Marvel, uh, which was pretty nice, and I just never stopped. So, like, Mark Paniccia was my editor then. Oh. And uh, he, I think, noticed that I was young and that I really wanted to get better and I would ask him all kinds of questions, and probably too many. I probably was annoying him, but kept doing work, and then eventually I started doing Marvel
0: Adventure stuff,
4: and then next, the first 616 book I did was Incredible Hercules, and then just kind of kept working forever.
0: Yeah, Uh, Magician Apprentice by Mike Avon-Ulming, Raymond E. Feist, and Brian J. Glass as well. Mm. Uh, We like giving credits on the show. I think it's an important part of, of the whole comic book experience. But of course, we're not just showing your first works. We want to see recent stuff, right?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, how you have, uh, you guys have developed and and gotten even better over the years.
1: Um, How did you guys kind of hone your process over the last 10, 15 so years?
0: (laughs) Well, this
3: is, I'm going in my 20th year. I started, that Iceman issue was 20, that was 2001. So this is, I'm 19 next year will be my 20th year so really just repetition like everybody asks like what's the secret how do you find your style and really it just is drawing a lot and sooner or later like anything influences kind of either either fade into the fabric to where you can't see them anymore or fade away um and ryan and i have you know we've skyped for thousands of hours while we draw together so we we will often talk about how our desks or tables are around us used to be filled with our, like, reference books or the books that we need to look. How
4: does he, I was copying.
0: Yeah, other like, others. how
3: does he draw <laughs> bricks or how does he draw hands or how does he draw a full page? I'll, I'll draw just the same page. <laughs> but 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 over the years and the repeating and repeating and, and finding yourself, you start to realize there's no more books on your desk anymore. And there's right. no more books. They're all in the bookshelf now and they're there's for enjoyment later. You've kind of either... Taken what you needed and internalized it and figured out your interpretation of it, or you, you know, you're just you're finding your own shapes and those kind of things. So really, it's it's just time and experience,
4: I think. Yeah, I'm going into year 15, and I would say that like in year three years ago, I feel like is when I really found my own style finally, like what I want to do, and got rid of the books. Off right. The desk.
2: What they said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you were developing all this stuff, was there either any of you run into like? Almost a brick wall, like you had to take a left turn, where like you, everything sort of wasn't exactly how you pictured it, and you had to pivot and get to where you are now. Or is it, you know, just just that perseverance that you're talking
3: about? Oh no, yeah, for me, for sure. And I think Ryan's been. You, we were similar in this, where I was for so long drawing in a way that I thought I wanted to draw because it, I enjoyed looking at it, um, and so it work. Going to work actually felt. Laborious, like I felt like it was just God. Like I was almost, I was dreading work, and I drew comics, which is weird. And I really tried the, I really inked like really clean lines, and just tried to make it look like animation. And I wanted to ink like Tim Townsend, and and you know and i just i i hit a point and it's weird but for anybody who's read the, Mal, the malcolm gladwell book um outliers you mm-hmm. know the 10,000 hours theory everybody's heard it which takes about 10 years and it was super weird like right around the 10 year yeah. mark it just like wait a minute this isn't what i do like this precision stuff it really wasn't what i did and then it just happened to coincide with getting the oz book and it was a and it was a book that that as far as comics went, there wasn't anything before that for me, for us. So I really got to create a, and once I got to just start something fresh, I realized like, this is how I draw. Like when I just draw that doesn't have to do with like, I like this version of Spider-Man or like this version of, of Hulk. when it was just like, Oh, I'm making this stuff up. Then I was like, oh, I found how I draw. Which is weird, because then I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back and draw superheroes. They're going to have to just like the way I draw now to, for me to be able to draw
0: superheroes again. Um, we So we have covers up here. We want to talk a little bit about some more covers. Wow. Uh, look
1: at this gorgeous group of covers by Jenny here for Fearless 1 through 4. Um, these are so beautiful, and they come together so so love in such a lovely way. Um, how do you... to do four covers do you do four covers or do you do a mural
2: no i you should do a mural uh but they (laughs) needed the first one like right away and i didn't have time to do all of them in a month so i had to just like start with the first one and (laughs) work my way out this is definitely not my strong suit drawing like is putting more things on a page i very much of the school of thought than less is more when it comes to a comic book cover um, but so that's why I tried to keep the background very bare. Obviously it's completely bare. It's white. Uh, and I just tried to figure out how to fit as many people, but have nobody feel like they didn't matter. It was really like my whole focus when I did these and, um, I got the first one done and then I managed to sketch out the whole thing. So I had like an idea of what I was doing. Cause when I started, it was three covers and then oh. I turned in <laughs> my sketches and she was like, good news. We can do four. And I was like, Hold on, I have to repeat this all. <laughs> um, I just really wanted it to feel like everyone got their due focus.
0: Yeah, so for our listeners on the podcast, these are Fearless 1 through 4, and there's a, a ton of characters in here, as you were saying. You know, when you were thinking of the three, was it the same number of characters, or were you able to... No, it was
2: less. Um, I at least four less, but yeah. um, I, hadn't, I didn't have Silk, and I didn't have Spider-Gwen in the background, and so that kind of really helped frame everything out when I added them in and um, was just able to add more characters.
0: Mm. Uh, for the, the two of you, Ryan and Scotty, what do you focus on when you're doing a cover? Is there a, an editorial process or just sort of, do you think about this, like what is it for each of you? I usually just work
4: off of like a couple ideas and try to combine them into something pleasing, something simple usually too.
3: Yeah, I, I have a couple different approaches. I mean, for the young variants, obviously, for me, it's just about the gag yeah. mostly. Um, when I'm not able to find, if a character's too new, i that's a challenge because, for me, it's like, you know, telling jokes through characters that we've known for years and years and years. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of ammunition there that you, can you use. you just
2: giggle while you're drawing.
3: Sometimes I and sometimes that. when I nail it, I'm like, I oh it. my gosh! <laughs> I'm so
2: funny. <laughs>
3: like this. Well, the actually the one the one that I just drew him and donnie on. That was, I was like, I was at a bar sketching it and I sent a text to him and I was like, hey, uh, you guys care if I draw you on this cover? And it was, you know, it's totally Donnie on there going, if anybody's heard Donnie, Kate to do a com- one of his comic pitches, it's like um, a kid making up a comic, but also with action figures in front. And he's really excited, and he's like, and then <Georgette sound> <laughs> and it's it's really exciting. And you're like, all you want to do is for that comic book to be made right then, because it's going to be so big and crazy. And that's what it- that you know. So when you find like, oh, I'm putting that on a cover, and so he's boring. He's, he's like, blah 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 to to uh, Venom, and he's, whatever. But yeah, the gag is important to me. If it's a not if it's not if it's a regular cover it for me it's really just about composition and you know the art like the my lines and stuff are is important to me is like are you going to walk into a comic book shop and see it in the sea of skittles right because mm-hmm. the comic book shelves are skittles and i think that it's our job as a cover artist to make somebody stop and be like oh i want that one you know
0: skittles if you'd like to sponsor the podcast please reach out <laughs> at Agent diamond <laughs> on social media
1: Um, As you can see, we have a couple of Ryan's uh, covers over here.
4: That's a new character that we're not allowed to talk about much yet, and also, I wasn't allowed to draw the whole character, so that was pretty much it. It was like, how do I make this dynamic and not show anything?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, we have a a fun bit that we wanted to show off here, um, because we want to talk a little bit more about interior stuff. And uh, where, where is this from, Lorraine?
1: Uh, This is from uh, Spider-Man Annual Number 1 from 1964 by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Um, So clearly there are lots of different processes for working on interiors. Um, Do you either or any of you, have you ever used the Marvel method or do you prefer the Marvel method or do you like working from scripts?
4: Um, I just did the Marvel method on the free comic book day story with Donnie. Did you like it? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, because we, we sat down at a table, we talked it out, and then I just got to go draw. And so I was like, in the morning when I would work on it, I would actually like write out what I thought should happen on the page. And then I would draw it from my own script, almost. you know. So that was pretty cool.
0: And Marvel Method is, is a plot first, right. a little bit looser, and more uh, artist-focused on right. what right. you
4: guys it's want to not page
2: to draw. one, panel one. This is what happens. Right. Panel two, this is what happens. And I got
4: paid a little more to do that, too, so that was nice. Because it did take longer.
3: Yeah, uh, my first year, that too, the Iceman issue, was. that was kind of the last year that Marvel actually did. Uh, everybody wrote Marvel style. That was still actually the style of scripting. Um, and the year after that, they kind of wanted everybody to move into full script. So my first comic was Marvel style, so I didn't have anything to compare it to. Um, and then regular script has been that way. As I've transitioned into writing over the last 10 years, um, more and more, I keep thinking I want to write Marvel style, but I think so visually that I, I can't because I want to talk about all the things I'm seeing. It's not about the words, because like, a lot of times I'll say, I will put something in here, here's what they might say, or something, but yeah, I, I've not been able to work that way yet on the writing side, but I do think it's really fun on the art side.
0: Yeah, I think that you have to have the right artist that you know you can trust. One
3: hundred percent, yeah.
0: It would be fun if we had one of your scripts to show to the crowd here. Oh, Oh. look at that! (laughs) We have a page from Strange Academy number two, which, uh, Strange Academy number one ain't even out yet. And here you guys get, this is just for you guys in the room. Um, It's got characters you don't know yet, and uh, ha ha ha. That's fun. Uh, But yes, we also have Umberto's pencils here, and we get to see how those work together.
3: Yeah, it's it, it's so cool. I mean, there's things. God, I kind of wonder. Can I just spoil something? It's not a plot point.
0: I would say spoil everything. Yeah, Who's gonna stop. All right, us? I'm just We're gonna, gonna tell you.
3: Percy th- is literally pulling her hair out right now. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a panel, and but I, it's gonna talk about the cool collaborative process between the writing and the art, and when you like what Ryan just said, when you trust somebody, they're gonna elevate everything. Um, there's a character in our book whose magic comes from a coat that he found. Um, so he has a magic leather coat, and he's a real excited, younger character. His name's Calvin, and uh, at the end of one of the issues, while everybody's studying in the, kind of the, their lounge, he is playing PlayStation, uh, he's playing some video games, <coughs> and I just wrote, uh, Calvin is playing video games with somebody while everybody else is studying really hard, and the panels everybody's studying, and Calvin is playing uh, video games against his coat. So his coat <laughs> is, has it a controller, and I was like, oh, my God. Everybody's going to think I'm a genius, that's so <laughs> and they're going to think I wrote that. I love it. But, but that's, like, that's the beauty of teaming up with somebody who is amazing and that you trust and is always looking to take something that you've thought of and plus it up ten times. And it's those kind of moments where the, that's a little version of what Marvel style could be, even though it was coming from a full script, but that's a little seed of what that kind of collaboration process is.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that that starts to feed into it. Just becomes a cycle of you oh yeah, making much more exciting. Well, yeah.
3: Then he now he's unlocked even more ideas that I wouldn't have had be, had he not saw that. So now it's just kind of, we're going
0: to work out ping pong that back and forth. Yeah. Uh, we have some beautiful interiors here as well from uh, Absolute Carnage. Has everybody read Absolute Carnage? Yeah. That's, It's bonkers. This issue was, what, 900 pages long? 60 pages. Yeah, the first issue was 60 pages. Uh, The cool thing here is we wanted to show off your pencils as well as the inks by J.P. Meyer.
4: Well, one of the things, when I was talking about how I found my own style like within the past three years, I think one of the things that helped me to do that was to give up the inking duties. And J.P. was so good at inking me the way that I wanted to be inked. He, He does it better than I would do it myself. So that really opened me up.
1: I'm curious how all of you guys feel about inking your own work versus letting someone else take it on.
2: I don't ink my work. Um, I do pencils and then do like an ink wash drawing and color everything myself. So I guess my version of that would be how I would feel about yeah. someone right. coloring my work, and I would not care for it. I mean, actually, that's not fair. I, I've never had anyone do it, uh, but it just, what's the point of getting a Jenny Frizen cover? Because I feel like, the drawing is not necessarily what I bring to the table, it's the whole painting right. that I bring to the table. Um, but I, not that I wouldn't care for it, I'm sure somebody else would do a lovely job, probably better. <laughs> You'd like to do it yourself. <laughs> well, I just, I feel like, like I said, I don't think the line work is like, my is, it's, not, it's not a Jenny Prison cover, then it's just some lines on a page.
4: Personally, I never thought that I wouldn't want to ink my own work. Um, I actually kind of fought against it, as Ricky can attest to, when they wanted me to have somebody ink my work uh, before I did Venom. And it really... I'm just so glad that we did it, you know, because I think that I like a really laborious finish, and I would get halfway through it, I would be like, I can't do this, this is taking me forever. And so then we found a guy that, you know, does a perfect job. Um, I had an inker... for a few
3: years at the beginning, um, and then, uh, I just, I, I slowly wanted to do everything, so I went to ink and then covered the color and the, like what like Jenny said, but what I realized, Neil Gaiman said once, like, our style is, style is like a collection of our mistakes, um, and, uh, and he heard that from somewhere, I'm not sure, but when I heard that, I was like, God, that's, that makes a lot of sense in that, um, I realized that, my mess ups in the inking stage are actually how i that's how I draw and the and if I see somebody else not because the pencils of mine are so loose that i'm really drawing with a brush and so the my mess ups there are actually my voice and the the few times i've thought hey i'm going to try that and see if they they'll turn it in i'm like it's good, but it's freaking me out like it just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't look like what you know, it's like almost watching a video of yourself in the mouth move, but somebody else is saying your words. And you're like, that's it looks me. like
0: I'm saying yeah. it, but I'm not saying it, you know? Yeah. What do you communicate to a colorist that you know, you're working with? Is there something in nothing?
1: Do you use numbers? No.
4: <laughs> Frank okay. is so good, and I don't have to say anything. Like, I, I don't even worry about it anymore. He just turns it in, and I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. Awesome. But I mean, you know, I've worked with colorists that that isn't the case because, you know, everybody's different, but he just happens to be exactly the right guy. Yeah.
0: Another important thing about interiors uh, that we wanted to highlight was uh, sound effects. And it's something that I love. You look at, like, Walter Simonson's Thor, and sound effects were such an important part of that. And uh, I always get a kick out of seeing line work that has sound effects built into it. Um, you know, seeing the you, you artists do that, is that something you, you're like, excited about, you're like, oh, is, you know, where does your head land on that stuff?
4: Well, it means I have to draw less. <laughs>
0: like, Very honestly, exciting.
4: That's a pretty, I mean, that's a cool, bold choice by me. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a spread, and like one whole page is almost a sound effect, you know? So I got out, out of a lot of drawing that day.
1: And it, did you choose the word scunch? Oh, yes.
4: Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah the, sometimes the choice of sound effects is, is
3: the best. Yeah. Like, when I was writing and drawing Rocket Raccoon, I would decide, that was the first book that I drew. I kind of got jealous of him. He's, he started drawing his own sound effects. I was like, God, that looks fun. So I decided to draw in my own sound effects, but instead of using like actual sound effects, a lot of times I would just use clips of hip hop lyrics. So like, if it, like when we're, they're in their spaceship and he slams on the brakes, the sound effect was hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> And it would, it would just, you know, or it'd be like if I'm get, like a dude starts shooting the other dude, it'd be like Ice Cube saying, now I got to wet you, you know? Like, um, but I just find ways to make it look like it says kaboom, you know? But it's really just like a hidden hip-hop lyric.
0: Oh, man.
1: All right, you guys are all very, very busy human beings. Um, Scotty, you have a book of art, uh, the Marvel art of Scotty Young. Uh, tell us about it.
3: That is a really cool book. I spent about six hours over the course of a couple of days being interviewed by uh, Jesse and he was so good it was it was it was weird and fun and emotional because we really did talk about almost every aspect of not just how I you know my comic book career but my life that happened alongside of that career um, at Marvel and uh, it was just, it was really cool. It's a really, really thorough book of, of basically, you know, the 19 years that I've been at Marvel so far um, and just all the ups and the downs and how this, you know, what lefts and rights we took and what the state, and there's like so, there's like different versions of the industry going on through that book as well. Um, and it's got tons, it was really designed beautifully. Uh, put together, great. There's tons of—I mean, there's some of those Iceman pages. There's some stuff from my Spider Clan <laughs> stuff, but it really is a real, a comprehensive look at my entire career as uh, an artist at Marvel, and then transitioning into some of my writing stuff, and then the cover stuff. So it's it's a really fun, fun book.
0: And then we could reissue it for your 20th anniversary with even more material. Yes, a new cover. Idea. I wonder if I'll do a cover for it.
4: Probably. I'll do it. I'll
0: do the code. Okay. <laughs> uh, and of course, you, know, you even have art for pins and consumer products and right. you know, like, I'm sure there, there's a whole process into that, but uh, we are getting to a little over 10 minutes left, yep. um, and so there's some other stuff that we wanted to do on this episode.
1: Yeah, uh, this year we've been looking at the Marvel multiverse. We all know that there are lots of alternate realities that exist in the Marvel universe. And we were curious uh, if you guys had a favorite alternate universe or alternate universe storyline that spoke to you.
3: Oh, Age of Apocalypse, 100%. Right?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah you could clap it out for Age of yeah, Apocalypse. Right. Alternate universe, um, maybe the Ultimates. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? yeah.
1: The 16. ultimate ultimate universe. Yeah, I mean, it, it ultimate goes, Spider-Man
4: I think, too. yeah.
0: It could be the, the movies or like anything. For me, what ifs in the 90s oh, particularly, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's my jam. And yeah. they're all just heartbreaking, every single yeah. issue.
3: I think that's why I liked Age of Apocalypse, because it was a giant epic what if. Yeah. You know, it just was like, oh, guess what? Nope, what if this happened? And you're like,
2: whoa. <laughs> yeah. Jenny? I guess Spider-win. Yeah. Yeah, 65.
1: I personally like Reality Earth uh, 1218, which is our universe, because I'm alive in it.
0: Because we have 10 minutes left, we want to do some questions, so we have a microphone. uh, Walk
1: in an orderly fashion to this microphone if you have a question. If you have a great question, you might get something.
0: Yeah, I've got variant comics here for Star Wars, and we've got toys. I've got some
1: toys.
4: All right, so if Galactus had to make a playlist, what would be the first song on the playlist?
1: Ooh. Uh, I feel like it has to be a song by Jimmy Eat World.
0: Oh. No. Oh. The Middle? That's good, hey. Uh, or I was gonna say Big Pimpin'. Hey, I was wondering, Scotty, like, do you ever feel like as awesome as your stylist? Do you ever wanna just draw something super depressing and terrible? Like, you feel that in your soul that day and oh, yeah. you have well, to make anyway? You were
3: absolutely in luck because <laughs> you can go to my Instagram and scan through the last 10 years of that and any time that you see a Boy, his name's Boy, from mm-hmm. my project Boy at the End, uh, that will eventually come out in some year un- unannounced. Um, it's literally that. It's, awesome. It's, you will see over and over and over. It's that. Or you can read my book, Middle West, which is a sad dad book. Which is fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it.
2: Hi, um,
3: I wanted to ask a uh, question for Scotty and Ryan. I was just wondering what's like your favorite uh, book that either of you have
4: worked on. Ryan, you go first? Oh, I mean Venom and Absolute Carnage for sure.
3: I, I was I was meaning more like what's uh, your favorite one that Scotty's worked on.
2: Oh and vice versa. Oh,
4: um Middle West. I mean mm, if we're talking about writing wise, I love Middle West. Come on, man, it's a, 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 a Marvel,
0: Marvel podcast. podcast. What do you think? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course.
4: Marvel's Middle West. Iceman.
0: <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I think um, I loved Ryan's, uh, I liked, what was the Avengers book you did? Uncanny, Uncanny Avengers. Avengers. I, I dug the Uncanny Avengers stuff.
4: He was into the wobbly limbs.
3: Yeah, I, I, well I loved it because there was just like some Jack Davis flavor in there. Yeah. Like the, and I'm a big Man Magazine guy, so.
2: When starting out with your artwork, do you prefer doing traditional or digital?
4: I do, I start everything digital um, and then I print it out and finish it traditionally. Uh, That's just kind of the method that I've built, but lately I've been doing a little bit where I draw my layout digitally and I don't print it out and then I just copy it and draw it on the board. So, just kind of all over the map.
2: I used to start out traditional, but I have found it's important not to be too precious about sketches and concepts. because you don't really know what's gonna work and you don't wanna get too invested into something and then have to start all over. So now I always work digitally in the beginning and then like he does, I print it out on paper and I draw it um, and then I finish it, I color digitally.
3: Uh, I start digitally as well. I start, I pencil it, I thumbnail it and pencil it digitally and then print it out and ink it on board with a brush.
0: Hi, Uh, I was wondering, what character would you guys like to take on if you had any choice for somebody you haven't done yet, or whether it be like the art or just writing for the the arc of the the character.
4: Uh, Personally, I love Thor. I haven't done much with Thor yet, so that's always
2: my stock answer. You know, I'd kind of like to draw more Storm. I just think she's super rad. Also, Silk. I haven't. I mean, besides the connecting covers, I haven't really. Than yeah, an and back. I like a good red and black and white color theme, so.
3: Um, I really, one of my favorite things that I've done at Marvel, it was the, Mini series that I did with the little event, you know, the little characters, the young characters. Um, That was just so fun because I could draw everybody. So, you know, I had Galactus in there. I had Ghost Rider with his Ghost Rider family. (laughs) Like, it was just cool. So I would just do more of that because it it checks all my boxes. It gets me, I can do funny stuff. I can do comic strippy stuff. I can do big epic comic book invasion stuff. So yeah, I just do more of that.
0: Hi, um, if you could do uh, a team up book with a Disney character and a Marvel character who would you pick oh,
4: that's,
3: a hard question. that's awesome
0: wreck
4: it ralph <laughs> oh God. and he nailed it um hulk yeah hulk or juggernaut sure oh that'd be good
2: this is terrible but i'm just saying it because it's the only thing that i could think of that made sense but tangled is tangled i almost that's what's my next thing and say. medusa
3: Yeah, am- yeah Tangled's yeah. amazing and they
2: just like high five hair all the time
3: Thank you.
2: she can hang out with Medusa.
3: (laughs) I would say uh, Rocket Raccoon and Stitch. (laughs) How much money did
0: I just make?
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. This is Marvel.
0: Your universe.